0: And is I hear like I, I don't know the statistics. Like I hear some people go through PTSD because of the pain. Like I hear it's very painful from your experience. I think
1: I, I don't I think the PTSD is not only for CS. Okay. In fact, before we left the hospital, a psychologist, a doctor, told us that I would start to feel a certain way. I might start to feel very sad or depressed. That mm-hmm. and he told my partner that. You have to look out for her. That these are hormones. Like your hormones are now trying to go back to place. Mm-hmm. The balance is now shifting. Okay? There's a shift, literally. The one that was up before, if progesterone was up, now it has to go back to normal. And ox- and estrogen has to go. And these are the things that affect a woman's emotions. So even though she said it, I'm like, uh, well, let's see. Because I was still surrounded by people, I didn't know how to feel at that time until I got home. And I realized that, Subsequent days, I want to cry. But I don't know why I want to cry.
0: For no reason. So,
1: no reason. And because I'm not a crybaby on a normal day, like, I don't like being a damsel in distress. I'll go to the toilet and literally just cry. Wow. In fact, for every time I just said, oh, I'm going out to get something, I will seize the opportunity to just cry. <laughs> I'm like, why am I crying? So, I would always hide. I would always hide. And there are also other factors, like, Breastfeeding, which we will come to later, this is a, a big deal. It's a huge big deal. Anyways, I th- I had to remind him. That, do you remember what the doctor said? I feel sad, but I can't explain why. Like I, f- I really feel sad, and him being he is, is like you're not sad. You're not sad in Jesus name. No. Like you're not sad. <laughs> like I don't want to be sad, but this is how I feel. Now when the, I think the, he knew the gravity of it one day when we were watching something fun and we were both laughing. We were watching something on twitter and we were really, really laughing it was fun and then i just told him i feel like crying hold me and then he hugged me and i wept and i think wow. that's the probably i like wow this is real and for me that was the beginning of my healing process because for the first time i didn't have to run to the restaurant to that's
0: hide yeah
1: so me telling him i feel like crying right now hold me and he hugged me and i just wept i went for some minutes and after done with it i <laughs> It was, just a, it was just weird, it was just weird, that was the moment that I felt I started to heal, so for me, it wasn't depression, it was just, I don't know, it was just an overwhelming sadness, you know what that is, just very overwhelming, and probably factors also, factors of being alone contributed to that, aggravated the situation, so yeah, so I, I don't know if that happens only to people with CS, but that was my experience. I was very, thank God it wasn't PTSD. Thank God it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't sickness. And you know what? A week after I came back from the hospital, I had my missed semester exam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had to do it. Wow. And they did it. And I was busy carrying the baby. And the, of course she was crying while I was writing. And it was timed, of course. And I was like, Vida. Try the diapers. Check if she put her put on the stomach. It was just weird. It was just well, <laughs> looking at you now, you can laugh, you know. But it was intense. Sleep deprivation was real. I was sleep. I lost 10 kg in less than two weeks. Yeah. I lost mm-hmm. 10 kg in less than two weeks after I came back from the hospital. I was asleep. What a sleep. Sleep is, sleep was luxury. And it was sad because we didn't know what to do. like. Why is she crying? And then our doctor told us, oh, she, she, she will take 10 meals of food, of formula, because she started to take formula from the hospital because I was, I was, I was, not, <laughs> I was not lactating well. Mm-hmm. So we would give her 10 meals of formula and the baby was still crying. Man, she's a Niger baby. She has been eating a bar from the womb. <laughs> she was doing 20 meals. We didn't realize that on one day, I was just like, let's just increase her food to 20 meals. And then we gave her to her and she finished it. I was like, whoa. So the baby has been hungry all along. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> in both people, you know, so in both statistics, please, that feed well. So since that time, we're like, yeah, it's just hunger. She's hungry. She had the moments where she cries, but it was a lot lesser. she was just hungry, and then they were giving over every one hour, every two, two hours, and we were following the shadow. Man, Nigerian babies are, are wired differently. Um, <laughs> she just wanted...
0: You know, like, from, from your experience, from your and stuff, um, because because I know Adira for very, I've known him for a while. So it it, it kind of, when when you guys give birth and it was during the pandemic and the whole mother coming over, like we have the African culture of Womogwa and all that, where your mother comes Mm -hmm. in. And I think that's a very beautiful process, especially for couples that actually have introduced them for the the first time, like it eases their, if you use the knowledge gap and all that. Like, so when you guys give birth, and it was just the both of you. And I, I would just be in my bed and I couldn't help but think that, like, how are you guys doing it? Because you guys are largely inexperienced and you're there by yeah. yourself. And you just and nobody tells you there. nothing.
1: Yeah. All these parents just tell you to go and give birth. they not tell you everything in between and afterwards. I think postpartum is where the work is. But nobody mm-hmm. tells you. Nobody told you, you you can be sad or you can be depressed. Nobody tells you that breastfeeding can be a problem, like a major problem. Like some women who find it difficult to lactate. Yeah. Nobody tells you that. And also I had the pressure of that also. Having to, I wanted to breastfeed my child. I bought all the gadgets. I would pump. I would mm. pump for one hour and have just 10 meals. I would see people pump and have 120, 250 meals of, of breast milk. My daughter is not even drinking 10 meals for a meal. So it means for the next one hour, she doesn't have food to eat. And yeah. your body literally touches to stop at some point if they think you're stressed. So wow. I am mentally, psychologically, physically, emotionally tired. And I'm trying to breastfeed. And after pumping, I remember times where I wouldn't look at the bottle just so I would raise my hopes and oh, think that, yeah, yeah. yeah maybe I have about 60 meals and I'll sit ten Scanty, practically empty bottle. And I'll just go and cry. Oh. Because when you Google things, breast milk is gold. Breast is gold. Breast is
0: gold.
1: You. Okay, well, I want to give the gold, but it's not going as, as And then all the pressure, and like Africans for I me, mean, we're not opening ourselves breastfeed your child for two years. Yeah. <laughs> How do I breastfeed the child for two years? And I'm trying to breastfeed her for even the first month, and there are issues. Oh, take oats, take pap, take this, take that. I want to buy seeds. Funny, funny looking seed, king this yeah. and that. Mm. And nothing is working because I went for, in fact, I went for counseling. We both went for counseling together. They took yeah. us to a, a, a nutritionist or whatever that would tell us what to eat, what to do, how to breastfeed. The doctors really try to check. I'm like, oh, eat this or try this. And then I'll go back. I'm like, nothing is working. I'm still not lactating. And yeah. then finally, the doctor said, your body's tired. So your body is rather preserving energy for you than. Pumping. And yeah. then my baby also that was supposed to help me because when she sucks on it, it would induce um milk production. Yeah. She's not patient. So when she puts her mouth, on, she's like, ah, just give me a rubber. I beg, I beg. She takes <laughs> off her mouth. So, and then she starts to cry, and I'm like, All So right. I felt rejected. If you understand that is, I felt I felt like, wow, how can you be disgusted by your mother? I had to tell her, I'm your mother. Like, this is food. This is supposed to be food for you. She would mm. not even wait five seconds. She would just put them out. If nothing is coming out, she would yank them out. Of. So now we also had to train her. The doctor told us to train her psychologically. We changed the bottle to a very slow one. So if she's patient enough to suck the very slow bottle, maybe she can be patient to suck on the breast. We changed the bottle. She will suck on the slow bottle and sometimes be angry at it because it's, it's not flowing well. <laughs> So when we give her the bottle and she sees it, so we're trying to tame her also. So yeah. when I put her to the breast, she's like, no way. I keep the bottle. something's coming out. This one, what's coming out. No. Nope. She would literally just turn her head. And then I f- feeling of rejection, I felt rejected every time she did that. I felt inadequate as a mother. Oof. So I had to tell my mom, oh, I'm not like this. She's like, oh, it happens sometimes. You didn't tell me. Maybe I should prepare myself for that. Like, you guys don't say nothing other than go have the baby like, hey, oh, it happens sometimes. And she was like, does she take the formula well? Feed, give her the formula. So I bought the best of formula, the one that's closest to breast milk. Mm. Pretty expensive, but I couldn't be bothered. I just wanted to give her the best. And I was scared that, Oh, God, I hope, I hope she develops well. I hope she hits all her milestones. You know, I hope she is blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I would Google things. And I would see stories from foreigners, from white people saying they also couldn't lactate. And so they said take the formula even from the hospital. I would mm. never see anyone from Nigerians. Like, I don't see nothing from Nigerians. It's almost like Nigerians are perfect women. Everybody breastfeed their children for two years. And I'm like,
0: No, it's not.
1: Am I <laughs> the only one going through this? No. Like, there's a, there's, a, there's a YouTuber I actually watched because she, she was pregnant around the time I was pregnant, she was just about four months ahead. But she told a story she tried her best to tell a story Well, she lacked it so in that aspect we I could not respond her. I'm like well she could she could give her, she could feed her baby so who else can I feed her oh you, this breast milk is go thing and then I would read I would read um adverse effect of of formula and they would say oh baby can be obese and I'll be like, God should I not reduce the quantity so that she will not be obese like I, I didn't know what to do. Eating and there it. are two I'm just so glad that I was cut off from unsolicited opinions that mm-hmm. Africans usually give. That helped a bit because all this, ah, you should do this. Uh, you talk you your let me not be intelligent, all those nonsense. <laughs> the only people I needed to, the only people I felt their opinion mattered a lot to me was my husband, my mom, and my mother in law. They were mm. the only ones their opinions cared about. Now, my mom, I've scored a goal with her. She told me, formula feed the baby and just keep trying. Mm-hmm. my husband of course he's seen us going through all, all the stress in the world he cannot be bothered he just wants to give the baby formula and he encourages me to also pump well pumping we both can see that after pumping for 30 minutes nothing in 10 minutes five five meals that's nothing mm-hmm. then my mother-in-law every time she calls we pretend that oh she just breastfed so we're just giving her formula to supplement uh-huh. i'm just so glad for the kind of woman she is she's so intelligent she's so kind empathy yeah Mm-hmm. Empathy goes a long way. She, she 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 didn't even tell me. She just told her son. She just told her, "Is the baby already taking formula?" And he mm-hmm. was like, "Ah, oh, no, we just give her after the breast milk and blah blah blah." Because I told him that I mm-hmm. will be bothered if people start to make me feel bad True. for not breastfeeding my child well, because I really want to, and I'm already depressed. I don't want anybody to compound it. Mm-hmm. So that was the charade we put up. And then she just told him, "See." So she's taking the formula and give her away. Don't worry, your child will be intelligent. I can never forget that conversation. She will be intelligent. And she told us a story of a friend that was even very, very busty, but she fed all her four children with formula because she couldn't lactate. Mm. And then she reminded me of something I already knew, but somehow forgot along the line that the intelligence comes from the mother, actually. that mm. Intelligence is genetic. The rest is to boost, you know, is to boost the brain. Your yeah. child being intelligent or not is... It's like 50% genetics first. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, just let her take formula. And I felt like a burden was lifted off my shoulder. Like that day I even wept. It's like, wow, finally, finally, somebody's seeing that I'm trying <laughs> and I can formula feed my baby in peace without having to pretend. And that was when I stopped. I just stopped. I, I still tried to, uh, to um, pump, but it doesn't come out, I stopped feeling bad. I just so. make sure now, you want to formula feed, We you feed, will give you the best of the best of the formula and you will feed well. To God be the glory, she was eating all her milestones well. She mm-hmm. was not, she's still not overweight. She's actually oh. even taller than her than age mates. She's pretty oh. tall for her age. And when I'm happy, the child is happy, the other one is happy. <laughs> That's the most important. <laughs> so the pressure yeah. of breastfeeding is a lot.
0: Yeah, like that, you know, the thing is that I never knew about, okay, okay, so I think it's one of those things in the society where you might be an agent for some form of narrative and you might never truly know the implications, mm-hmm. you never care to know. So like what I have, whether you heard and has been passed over by conversations, I just had something you pick up is that, oh, when you breastfeed your child, it's, um, what's it called? like it's better the, better the child better and all that so when you hear yeah. those things you might be tempted to mouth it off because oh it's what people say and it's general but sometimes we never really think about the implication on those people that are going through the process that it might be difficult yeah. for them yeah. to actually do that. not like they don't want to but it might be difficult for them to actually do that so we might now end up creating an environment that is not conducive for people mm-hmm. to express themselves and creating a lot of emotional baggage that makes them feel the way they already you worse than they already exactly
1: were. and i think that's why many nigerians don't talk about it, because nobody wants to feel inadequate exactly. so when you're, you're always talking about oh make us go that breastfeed my child for one year for one and a half years, you keep quiet if you've not done that so that they don't think oh you're lazy or oh, you're not fit to be a mother or yes. look yes. at you you do not try hard that's it or it's a lie you don't you want to remain cc that's mm-hmm. why no one wants to respect your child I still have all those gadgets for breastfeeding that I bought—the pumps, the breast pads, the breast this and that that I bought—and I'm—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, going to give it up actually. Yeah. But i just just—I'm just so glad that I didn't like that. It weighed me down for a while. But the mm-hmm. opinions that matter to me—my mother, my husband, my mother-in-law—they are the only opinions I care about that much. So. Seeing them being empathetic and understanding the situation and seeing that I have tried my best. Like I'm literally trying. I mm-hmm. didn't go on maternity leave. 10 months after I've still not gone on maternity leave. Mm. Like I'm trying my best. I'm not a lazy woman. No, I'm not no. and I'm never a lazy mother. No, so no, no. don't compound the problem. Don't compound it with your unnecessary, unsolicited advice. Okay? You preserve the child for two years. To God be the glory. We thank you for We thank God for your life.
0: Yeah.
1: What about a child that the mother dies during, God forbid, during child, de- during delivery? Exactly. Wouldn't that child grow up to Exactly. Those children leave. How did they leave? Mm. So that's 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 food, food. Please breastfeed all you can. Everyone should try to, but do not kill yourself. Do not feel less of a woman. Recently, one of our colleagues had to go on. Maternity leave, and they were asking everyone to prefer advice. Of course, it gave me the computer to, to type the advice because they were typing it <laughs> on their, their portal.
0: Yeah. One of the
1: things I wrote there is, do not beat yourself so hard. You're still a superwoman, anyways. Don't beat yourself so hard that, oh I can't, I can't breastfeed. Oh the baby is not this. Oh the baby is not that. Oh I calm down. You, you do. overthink a lot as a new mom. You overthink everything. Every time I look at my child, she's growing fat. And compared to another child, oh, this one's fat. <laughs> Man, she's healthy. That's all I care about at this point. She's healthy. She has a healthy weight. She's intelligent. You, can, you know when a baby is intelligent. Yeah. Observant. Eating all the milestones well. Feeding well. Good appetite. Don't beat yourself too hard that, oh, I can't do this. or I didn't do that. Other mothers are doing it. Don't feel less of a mother. Because the moment you start to feel that way, and the problem is your baby feeds off your emotions. I remember many times in the middle of the night that she would cry, and of course I'm frustrated too, and I would cry because mm. instead of transferring aggression and shouting,
0: mm.
1: I would just let my own aggression out by crying, so I would cry. Then I thought about it, you're not sleeping, I'm not sleeping, i would cry. Does this make sense? <laughs> so I would carry her at night, and since I'm not going to sleep anyways, I'm going to pray. So I would carry her until I You are a child of glory. You are a child of this. And I would pray. And I will still be crying. But I'm like, hey, let's make good use of the time. And I would be praying for her that way. And I realize that sometimes you just sleep off while I'm praying. And yeah, I can sleep too. But the old crying thing, the old stress takes a toll on you. And you lose yourself in the process. Like, if you're not careful, you lose yourself in the process. You lose yourself in the process. But... It's, 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 it, you need two, you need more than one. You can't do it alone. You need a very supportive partner. You need a very supportive partner. I, I feel bad for women that have to get their support from their mothers or their mother in laws or friends. Those people leave you. The person is sleeping beside you is your support. If your baby is crying, your husband doesn't see the need to wake up and help. Or he thinks, oh, because you have a baby now, the room is for you, you and the baby. And he steps out and goes to another room. That's really mean. That is mm. really me. A lot of men do that. Oh, let her stay with the baby. What do you mean I Stay with the baby. She doesn't know what to do with the baby. If you don't, why do you think she knows? You think the moment you are pregnant, God used to download the brochure the manual in our heads?
0: Pregnancy manual.
1: <laughs> now, many times I would carry and tell her, God, you understand this girl's emotions right now. She's crying, but I don't know what to do. Please tell me what to do. Help me. Like, in fact, the time I shouted, why don't you make them talk? <laughs> <laughs> That would be useful you don't, you don't know you know what's good that have going on in my head and my <laughs> is, if she talks I'll know what's wrong if your stomach is fain you know what is wrong if you want to if you're hungry I could feed if a dapper is wet I could feed but when she starts to cry it's like we follow is she hungry number one is a diaper wet number two does she want to sleep number three You start to check oh is her hand talk wrongly or I like to talk wrong then she's in pain so you just have a checklist of possible things to check when she cries then when she's crying and she's still crying after you all oh, the checklists have been checked, you're like, so what do you want now? <laughs> what do you want at point? What next? <laughs> <laughs> so what should I do? It's just, man. It's, 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 I can talk about it and laugh now, but then oh gosh. I, I can imagine then, in, in, I, I... in the midst of classes, in the midst of in fact, it was when I took paternity leave actually. It took some weeks of work. Mm because
0: so like, okay the thing is to help well I think the next what's it called the next part of the conversation we're going to explore is like work and career and all that but before we go there I just want to do something very briefly on the or what we just talked about so I, I think sort of like in summary and I think this is from the couple of conversations that I've had with mothers and and I think for most women like understand that first of all be kind to yourself yeah and why I said that is because like we have so many societal baggage oh yep. girls feed or oh, session oh this one oh that one that that kind of like tends to make you want to feel inadequate of yourself but yeah. once you are kind to yourself and once you fully understand your situation that this is the circumstance of life it's not because if I'd have it the other way I wouldn't or assistance now this is, what I, this is the hand that's been dealt, then be kind to yourself. Then the importance of important support system. And I know there are a lot of um, people that might not be privileged to have good spouses and might not be, or maybe they got pregnant out of wedlock or single mothers and all that. There yeah, are a lot of them out there okay. but they might not have the support system that comes from being a husband or a significant other. So, and that is the part where individuals and societies count. And I think one of the the couple I spoke with the last time, and the lady said something that is striking to me, and she was talking about her experience at work. And she said that if you know a pregnant person, if you know somebody that is going through something in their life, be Mm -hmm. kind to them.
1: Yeah.
0: They might not have any other support system than you that they are talking to immediately. And being kind Mm -hmm. to them doesn't necessarily mean you have to live their life. It's just that like you don't compound to the problem they already have by being unempathetic or mean with your words or insensitive about the things you say. And that really strikes me. Yeah. Like, thank you. I think for- we, should
1: realize, we should realize the fact that we say, oh, my mother has six children now. And she still...
0: Mm. And,
1: the, and the other pressure women put them... We, the, we, I don't even put ourselves straight or is the, is the community that's forced that pressure on us. There's the pressure to snap back wow, oh, my mother has six children. Yeah. You see that? Just a slam. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: that's,
1: a da- that's, a dangerous, that's a dangerous place to be. I am glad, and I, even though I pray to God about it, but you don't know how your body is going to be. You don't know what... No, you've never been pregnant. Even two pregnant. No two pregnancies is the same. Same,
0: true.
1: You don't know what your body would go through. You don't know how easy it is for you to snap back or if you ever snap back. Mm-hmm. So forgive yourself. Cut yourself some slack. Stop Stop comparing yourself with others. Like, don't. I know it's difficult. Because mm-hmm. even I did it unconsciously. I would mm-hmm. look at a lady that also gave birth about the same time. And I'm like, oh, my stomach is very flat now. My stomach is still like a push. Stop it. Stop it if you don't want to kill yourself. Stop mm-hmm. it. You guys are not the same. Your bodies are not the same.
0: Sure.
1: Enjoy your process. Whatever your process is like. It might take you one year, two years. You might never even go back to being a size eight give yourself and cut yourself some slack. A confident, a, a confident, happy woman is an attractive woman.
0: Mm-hmm. Confident,
1: happy woman is an attractive woman. Don't like, don't compare yourselves, even as they are fools that compare themselves by themselves. Don't constantly look at other people and think, oh, she's not back in two months. She's not back in three months. A lot of people tell me, oh my God, you don't look like you had a baby. But I'm like, hey, even not that, I will not know that I'll not I'll look like this. So it's, it's, it has nothing to do with what exactly it is that I did. It was just God's grace or genes or whatever that is. So don't, don't put yourself through that pressure. Enjoy your process I Enjoy it. The stomach that squishy squish, will go back at its time. And it doesn't go back. Maybe it is your new normal. Accept it. One of my mantras is um, the serenity. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Courage to change the things I can. And wisdom to know the difference. My squishy, squishy stomach. I may not be able to change it. Maybe I have to go through surgery. I think that's extreme. Your weight, you can work on it. If you, you, um, what's it called? If you go to the gym, if you work out, that's possible. Now, know the difference between the two. Know the difference between the things that you can work on to change. And the things that probably is your new normal. Mm -hmm.
0: It's a lot more
1: extensive to change it. So, take it easy on yourself. New moms, take
0: it easy. Take it easy on so yourself. Forgive, forgive yourself. Cut yourself from slack. It's fine. It's fine. Th- thank you. Thank you for like, for like that. So the, the word out there is for any new mother, please forgive yourself. Um, understand the serenity prayer. Then for the partners out there and for those that you would come across, pregnant women, early mothers and all that, understand that they are going through a lot. And help them forgive themselves, and it could be a kind word, a word of affirmation, a compliment, you know, something genuine, something from their heart, something sincere, something that helps them see that, oh, okay, yeah, I've gone through this transformation. That it does, it doesn't mean the end, or it doesn't mean I am less of the person I am. You know, so thank you very much for that. Um, th- the last part I want to explore before we call it quit for the conversation is. Of like a little um what's it called? A little monologue on my part. Like you're one of the few people that I respect a lot in terms of your intellectual acumen like in and your drive, your drive, as in your drive is insane. Like you are you are literally a monster when it you to your drive and stuff. Like it's crazy. So I want, I want, I knew we've talked about it in person, but I want to have that story out there of your of your, how you do your PhD courses, your scholarship, your perfect CGPA and all that good stuff. Like I want people that are either pregnant and then doing their master's PhD or they're going to school or they're actually actively working in their career. Like I want them to hear stories of people that, know it's not easy not to romanticize it, yeah. like difficult, it's crazy difficult, but I want them to know that it, it is doable because we're in yeah. a society where once a woman gives birth, uh, it makes you feel like she's either less competent or she's distracted or or there's that process yeah. where it's reinforced that either women take long, um, not like maternity leave, there's nothing wrong with it, but, but like people have to kind of like pedal on their career, on their education just because they are mothers. So I like to have stories of mothers that are actually beating the societal narrative and taking the heads on. I'm like, yes, I'm a mother. Yes, I got pregnant. Yes, I gave birth. And yes, I can still kick ass in this school, in this career yeah. profession. So please, Dami, tell us your story. Tell us.
1: Let me just put a disclaimer out there first. I know a lot of people might be wondering, why didn't you go maternity leave? Mm-hmm. First of all, there's a timeline in your a PhD program. Once you start, you're expected to write a qualifying exam at, at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so i was supposed to write my qualifying exam nine months after i started okay and if you're on a scholarship you know that does a you, it's not your call anymore you can't say oh i want to do this i want to do that
0: mm-hmm. it's not
1: your call it's your boss's call because if they are paying you a huge amount of money to do things, that they don't want it to just be like a bicycle and like i said i got the scholarship and got mm-hmm. pregnant at the same time. So I've never had the room to prove myself that I could, I was worth the, the stress. I was worth the pay. Mm-hmm. So I wanted, I didn't want to go on a maternity leave because I had to write my qualifying exams in nine months. And if I go on maternity leave, it means I'll push it by a year because the only way a certain period in a year. So that means my, I, would have was, I would have an extra year to my PhD. So it mm-hmm. means my boss will have to pay for one year funding, which he may not want to, if you get my point. Mm-hmm. And my plan was that my mother would come and help out. So mm-hmm. I had already registered for courses before I realized that my mother wouldn't be able to come. And I already registered for the semester. So I had to go through with it. So just for anyone that's wondering.
0: Okay. Anyways,
1: I will start in the profound words of Thomas Edison. He says, if we did all the things we're capable of doing, we would literally astound ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. The thing mm-hmm. is,
1: most times, most times, we never get to that point where we did all we're capable of doing, because we think that was that's, that's pushing the bar too high. Mm-hmm. So in my case, I was forced to do all I was capable of doing, because I would have just taken it easy if I had wait, if I had my chance. Mm-hmm. Anyways, like I said, a week after I got back from from the hospital, I had, I had to write a mid semester exam. Mm-hmm.